The Twins add four prospects to their 40-man roster, loading it up, and the latest on Carlos Correa's free agency. It's all coming up on today's episode of Locked On Twins. You are Locked On Twins. Your daily Minnesota Twins podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. And welcome to the Lockdown Minnesota Twins podcast. Today is Wednesday, November 16th, and I'm your gracious host, Nash Walker. Thanks for making Lockdown Twins your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcasts. Again, Nash Walker, three seasons hosting a daily podcast on the Minnesota Twins, four seasons writing about the Twins at twinsdaily.com. The Twins added four prospects to their 40-man roster, and we're getting more information, some rumors, some reports, on Carlos Correa's free agency, my opinion on the latest there, as the Twins make it clear, I think that Carlos Correa is their number one priority in uh, in free agency this offseason. First, the Twins added four prospects. We knew Edward Julian and Matt Cantorino would be added to the 40-man. Cantorino, electric arm, friend of the show, Tommy John surgery, unfortunately. So he's going to be out for most, if not all, of 2023. But the Twins couldn't risk that because he does have an electric arm. Ridiculous minor league numbers. Looks like when he comes back, it'll probably have to be as a reliever. But we'll see. I don't know. I hope he can remain a starter. There's just no innings on his arm. He was pushed hard at Rice in college. I think it's going to be as a reliever. And I think he's going to be a really good reliever. And I think the Twins recognize that, which is why they protected him, even though he's going to miss most if not all, of 2023. And then Edward Julian is the Twins' breakout prospect of the year for me. Matt Walner was great. Matt Walner was the minor league hitter of the year. Louis Varland was good again. He won minor league pitcher of the year for the second year in a row. You know, Simeon Woods-Richardson was very solid as well in his kind of breakout minor league season. But Edward Julian, to me, I think had the best the best year, and he was the biggest breakout. He was so good down the stretch for Wichita. Spent most of his of his year at second base. Actually, was playing primarily second base after last year, bouncing around all over. He was playing left and second. Played a bunch of spots. I think he played some first, but played almost exclusively second base in 2022, and just drew so many walks. Hit for ridiculous power, high average power on base, everything was there for Edward Julian. When we when we talk about hitting prospects, and we did this with Jose Miranda, I always look for an all-around game. Do you draw walks? Like, that's a check. Can you draw walks? How's the strikeout rate? For Julian, it's a little high, but it's not, like, absurdly high. It's, you know, 20 25% in that range, which, as a major leaguer, it's probably going to be closer to 30, you know, if he remains at that pace. But his, his discipline is there. He draws a bunch of walks. Another check, do you hit for average? Yes, he hits for average. Do you hit for power? Yes, he hits for power. He does everything you're looking for as a hitter. Control the strike zone, hit for power, hit for average, draw walks, play discipline, everything you're looking for. And he does it at a really high level, honestly, Edward Julian. And I want to confirm his (laughs) on-base percentage from this year because it really is ridiculous. And then he was amazing in the fall league in 21 games. But in 2022 at Wichita, Edward Julian hit 300 right on the dot for a batting average on base percentage 441 and he slugged 490 for an OPS at 931. He hit 17 home runs, 19 doubles, three triples in 113 games for the Wichita wind surge in 2022. 
Then he went to Glendale and had a ridiculous Arizona Fall League where he hit 400 in 96 plate appearances. He went 28 for 70 with five doubles, five homers, drove in 17 runs, and stole six bases. Also interesting, in 2021, Julian stole 34 bases in 39 tries in Wichita or in uh, Cedar Rapids and Fort Myers across the two levels, which is which is uh, a good thing. I mean, he can steal some bags too. He was 19 for 26 this year, less efficient, less tries. I think he'll be able to steal like 10 bags a year though in the big leagues, which uh, for a second baseman, you want to see that. But Julian was the easiest to add. Cantorino was almost just as easy for the Twins. I think Julian is perpetually underrated. He's 23 years old. He was the 18th round pick in 2019 for the Twins out of Auburn over slot, I think at the time. And he's just, uh, he's hit at every level. Two years in the minors, crushed at every single level, and uh, he's a top 10 prospect in my book in the twin system. So, Edward Julian, big time ad. The two who were surprises were Brent Hedrick and Casey Legumina, a couple of pitchers. Hedrick, a lefty, less of a surprise because he was outstanding in Cedar Rapids. Strikeout rate, almost 11 per nine for the Colonels. Had a 234 ERA and 65 and a third, 77 strikeouts, 13 walks from the left side. And then he moved up. To Wichita, ERA ballooned to 481 in 43 innings with a strikeout rate, 12 strikeouts per nine, two and a half walks per nine. Gave up a bunch of home runs, 11 homers in 43 innings. That was kind of his undoing. But going to be 25 in uh, December here in a couple weeks, December 17th. He was a ninth round pick in 2019. Twins clearly felt they needed to protect him overall on the season across those two levels. 332 ERA, mostly starting couple of relief appearances, but mostly starting 108 and a third big time strikeout rate at 11 strikeouts per nine, just two walks per nine. Brent Hedrick, uh, surprising ad to me, but when I looked more into it, you know, he kind of flew under the radar this year as having a, a really nice season. And then Casey Legumina is a right-handed pitcher. He turned 25 in June, drafted by the twins in 2019 as well in the eighth round out of Gonzaga. Go Zags, go dogs. And this one is is more interesting to me. Cedar Rapids, Wichita, 480 ERA, 9.6 strikeouts per nine, almost four walks per nine for Legumina. So the numbers don't uh, don't jump off the page there. He was good in 2021. He was very good at Gonzaga. I don't know. I, honestly, I don't know about about Legumina of why he was a, a clear ad for them. But it seems that they thought they needed to protect him. Miziel Urbina, unprotected, which isn't a surprise because he's a 20 year old. It was just at single A and He's, he's not going to be put on a 26-man roster for an entire season because if you draft a player in the Rule 5 draft, they have to be in your 26-man roster for the year. You kind of just have to stash them. Nobody's going to do that with 20-year-old Miziel Urbina, who's never seen above low A. I still really like Urbina as one of their, their higher upside prospects. He was kind of the clear off to me. I mean, some others, Cody Funderburk, you know, Michael Hellman, some others that, that might have been a surprise, but... Twins uh, save four. The 40-man rosters at at 40, I believe, as of today. And I think there's going to be some movement on Friday, hint, hint, with the uh, the non-tender deadline. So we'll see what happens then. But what's the latest on Carlos Correa's free agency? What are the Who are the teams to watch out for? What do I think is going to happen here? And how quickly do I think it's going to happen after this word from Simply Safe? If you thought about securing your home with home security but have been putting it off, you'll want to listen up. Right now, Lockdown Twins listeners can order the number one rated Simply Safe home security system for 50% off. This is their biggest offer of the year, and you won't want to miss it. It's 
It's the best professional monitoring system. Simply Safe, they have your back. It was named the best home security system of 2022 by US News and World Report a third year in a row. In an emergency, 24 7 professional monitoring agents use Fast Protect technology exclusively from Simply Safe to capture critical evidence and verify the threat is real so you can get priority police response. Don't miss your chance. To save big on the only security system we recommend, get 50% off any new Simply Safe system at simplysafe.com slash URL today. This is their biggest discount of the year, so don't wait. That's simplysafe.com slash lockdown MLB. There's no safe like Simply Safe. Thanks for making Lockdown Twins your first listen today. For your second listen today, check out Lockdown Sports today. From the games that matter the most to the biggest stories in sports, go beyond the scoreboard and behind the scenes with local experts and insights only Lockdown can provide. Lockdown Sports today available on this app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcasts. What's the latest on Carlos Correa's free agency? Uh, Darren Wolfson had a had a scoop. We had Doogie on the on the show a couple of years ago. Maybe we'll get him back on for an episode this year. He had a scoop uh, on on Score North on Mackie and Judd, s- reporting that the Twins, you know, from what he's heard, are making Carlos Correa their their number one priority, and they want to move on this fairly quickly. They want to get a decision from Correa. And they're planning to offer the biggest, you know, deal in team history, the biggest offer in in team history. And none of this is a surprise, really, to me. It is interesting to hear the one tidbit I'll, I'll take from that from from Darren is that it's interesting they want this to move quickly because my perception of this is the only way the Twins retain Carlos Correa is if the, if something similar to last year happens, he's not going to sign that same deal again this offseason. But something similar where we get to the end, you know, the Braves have filled in short with Von Grissom, an in-house option. Dansby Swanson signed somewhere. Xander Bogart signed somewhere. Uh, Trey Turner signed somewhere. And it's a musical chairs game and the Twins are left and Correa's left. And he's saying, well, you know, nobody's even willing to give me $250 million. $250 million is a lot of money, but not the three hundred I'm sure he's looking for, the three thirty he's looking for. Now it's it's us. Let's negotiate. That's how I viewed this situation going for the Twins if they were to retain Carlos Correa. And that is a thin little alley to find, right? Because someone, all it takes is one team to step up and give him a huge payday, and I still think that's what's going to happen. But where we're at right now is interesting with the Twins saying, or Darren reporting the Twins wanting to move rather quickly on Carlos Correa. And I think the reason for that is they want to wrap up short before they move on anything else because that's such a big commitment. If you commit to Carlos Correa right away in December or late November or whenever it might be, or you commit to Xander Bogarts even, but if you commit to Carlos Correa for $30, $35 million a year right away at the beginning or, or relatively soon in the offseason, that's going to change everything you do for the rest of the offseason. I think it impacts every single corner of the roster. You can name any position. I think it's impacted by Carlos Correa coming back or not coming back. And I think the Twins recognize that. And I I came to that conclusion as well when I heard this from, from Darren. It makes sense they would want to move quickly on that. They would want to move quickly on Correa because they want to get shortstop figured out before they move on anything else, before they invest money in the rotation or invest money in the outfield. And it's it's a self-imposed payroll. They can get Correa. They can get all these guys. But I understand why they would want to get that wrapped up first. I don't think it's going to happen that way. I don't think Correa's in a rush to sign. And I, I think, honestly, the only way they can they can sign him immediately is to just meet him where he's at, which is probably 10 for 325, what Corey Seager signed, signed for. And I don't see that for the Twins. 
the the deal I envision if they were to retain Correa is going to have a lot of bells and whistles in it. It's going to be opt-outs, no trade. There's going to be a lot of bells and whistles in the deal if they are to retain Correa. I think they're right that he should be the priority this offseason. It, it makes sense. I've said it since the beginning. I even said it when he wasn't really hitting with runners in scoring position. Many tuned out in the second half of the year, and I get that, or at least in September when he really was turning it on. I, I Even when he was struggling, I was saying, like, this is such a great fit. This, is, this has been a great fit, not only at short, where the Twins have question marks, but in the, it seems like he connected so well with Rocco Baldelli, with the front office, with Byron Buxton, with the team, with the young guys, with Jose Miranda, with Royce Lewis. There's just so many connections there I felt like were made, and he, he leaned into that. You know, he said, I, I really enjoyed my time. I believe him. He said all the right things. I think there were genuine connections built between Correa and this team and this front office. I think they recognize that. I think Jim, Jim Polad and the Polad family, I think they recognize that, that this is a clear fit for the Minnesota Twins right now. This is this is the time. you can the, the Twins in recent years, they've been knocking down those barriers. We don't sign you know big free agents at all, and then they, they go out and get Donaldson for $92 million, which at the time, that was a huge step, the biggest free agent deal in team history at the time. Then, oh, we don't play at the top of the market. Hey, let's go get Carlos Correa. It's a unique deal, but we get Carlos Correa. You can knock down one more of those, which is we're never going to hand out a ridiculous nine-figure deal like that in free agency. They've never done that in free agency. They paid Joe Maurer $184 million. They've never done it in free agency. You can break down that longstanding tradition, longstanding uh, knock right now by signing Carlos Correa. It's It's... It's going to be interesting. Who are the teams I view as the biggest threats for Crayon? How do I see the shortstop market playing out? It's coming up after this word from betonline.net. It's your number one source for sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis. Get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there. From football to basketball to soccer and esports, we've got it all at betonline.net. And if you love sports podcasts, you can find those at betonline as well. We're always the fastest and easiest way to get your betting fix. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. BetOnline, it's your number one source. BetOnline.net, there's no better place to go play. Whether you want to do it on your phone, on your desktop, you can head to the website today on either to learn more. BetOnline is where the game starts. How do I see the shortstop market playing out at this point? A huge development for the Twins. If you're if you're hoping that the Twins re-sign Carlos Correa, or sign Xander Bogarts, or sign any of the top shortstops, which you should. I would say you should. The The Braves are an X factor in this. If the Braves put Von Grissom, and an article just dropped at The Athletic, from I think it was from Ken Rosenthal, about Grisham and how Ron Washington was saying he's improving, and it seems like maybe the Braves are either going to re-sign Dansby Swanson, or they're going to put Grisham back at short as their everyday option. You know, a prospect coming up. They're going to give that job to Grisham. That would be huge for the Twins if the Braves did not retain Dansby Swanson. Because I don't view this as being a vast market for these top shortstops. They're going to get paid. Like even if you don't think Correa is getting three hundred and fifty million, which I don't think he's going to get Seager's contract. He might. I don't think he will. I still think he's going to get a huge amount of money. Like he's still going to get a lot of money. And this list 
is not long, and the Braves are a key on that list. If there are four premier shortstops at the top of the market and there are seven teams, it's a different story than if there are five teams, you find out. Like the Cubs, seems like the Cubs might be a little tepid on signing a long-term deal like that. Mentioning, you know, Jason Hayward, they just got out from Jason Hayward. Jed Hoyer doesn't know if he wants to sign Carlos Correa for eight, nine, ten years, if that's something he wants to do. And the Athletic reported that as well. They're doing such an amazing job, as always, getting that information. But if the Cubs aren't interested in that, which I'm not sold, but I I, I potentially think they aren't interested in that. If the Braves are going to put Von Grisham at short, well, you're looking at the Giants, the Dodgers, the Twins, the Red Sox, maybe the Orioles. You know, maybe a, a dark horse team gets involved. The Yankees could, but reports everything we've heard is the Yankees aren't going to sign a top shortstop, and it's not going to be Carlos Correa. And they're not; they're very unlikely to sign a top shortstop. They're much more likely to retain Aaron Judge. The biggest threats for Correa to me are the Giants. It's baseball reference plan. The Giants are a clear threat. I mentioned the Cubs and the Dodgers, but I just don't know if the Dodgers want Correa. It's highly unlikely. Mark Feinsand reporting it's highly unlikely the Dodgers will will sign Carlos Correa just because of the history there. I try to make that point before the offseason started. Like this is not just any superstar shortstop. This is Carlos Correa, and there's a lot with his name, and there's a lot of history there. And I think teams are certain teams, the bigger market teams, are shying away from Carlos Correa because of that history. And that's huge for a team like the Twins who wants to retain him. If the Braves don't re-sign Swanson, that shakes that shakes a lot up, I think, in this free agent class. Because then where does Swanson go? Like, is Swanson going to the Dodgers? Is Swanson going to the Red Sox? If Swanson goes to the Red Sox, is Bogarts going to the Dodgers? Like, where, where does everybody fill in here in that musical chairs game? If you're a Twins fan, you'd be cheering for as, as few seats as possible for these four free agents doing the circle around the seats. You want seats to be taken out. And I think what we're learning early on is maybe the Cubs won't do it. You know, maybe the Braves aren't going to do it. The Dodgers aren't really interested in in having Carlos Correa on their team. You know, maybe the Giants are really going to push for Aaron Judge. Those are the storylines you want to cheer for. You know, Boston, dark horse for Correa if they miss out on Bogarts, but they've already made two offers to Xander Bogarts. And I think they want to retain their homegrown star in, in Xander. And that makes sense. So what you would cheer for here is Xander's going back to Boston. The Braves put Von Grisham at short and Dansby's out in, in the free, whether for the twins or for somebody else. And I think still Correa needs to be the guy. Like I, I just don't see a scenario and I could be dead wrong, but I don't know if I see a scenario where the twins miss out on Correa and they just go sign Bogarts and, or Swanson. I just don't know. I, I don't I don't see that happening. Is it possible? Yes, but I think they're making Correa a priority, and they should. That should be what's happening. I don't know if it's you know certainty, but that's what should be happening. And I, I, I view it as much less likely for them to land one of the other shortstops, like the other shortstops combined than Correa. Like that percentage for Correa is much higher in my eyes, because he's he just played for the Twins. And I think they view that relationship as something they want to extend, and they should. They should want to extend that relationship. This is going to be fascinating. When the first shoe drops, that'll be huge. Like, if if Dansby Swanson signs with, that would be the, if Dansby signed first, and it was not with the Twins, and it was not with Atlanta, that would set things in in crazy motion to me. Like if they announced Dansby Swanson signs with the Atlanta Braves, which or with the Los Angeles Dodgers, which would be nasty to the Braves to get Freeman and Swanson in back to back off seasons. Something crazy like that happened. 
all of a sudden you have less chairs, more guys. You have Correa, Bogarts, Turner out there with the Braves now off the board because they're very, you know, highly unlikely to sign anybody but Swanson in free agency. You got the Dodgers off the board. They got their shortstop in Swanson. Now you have who like it's just going to be so interesting to watch this play out. And I'm going to get my hopes up. Unfortunately, I'm going to get my hopes up and I'm going to be looking for reports that like get my hopes up. And those reports are X team's not interested in Correa. Y team wants to put their homegrown shortstop in that spot next year. Uh, you know, Z team like Swanson and, and might be involved, but doesn't want to go to nine or 10 years on Correa. Like those reports are music to my ears and probably music to the ears of the front office. So the, the biggest threats to me, I think the giants, there's, they're the biggest threat. Uh, absolutely. I think they have the money. I think judge is going back to New York. So I think the giants are the number one threat to the twins for Correa. Cubs are like a sleeper. I, I just don't view them as super uh, hip on doing that. Like based on everything I've read and everything I've heard, I just don't view them as, as hip on signing anybody to an eight to 10 year deal. The Braves are Swanson or bust. Sounds like the Red Sox likely Bogarts are bust. Sounds like Dodgers not going to sign Correa. So it's Giants, Cubs, and, and maybe the Orioles. But, I mean, I'll believe it when I see it with the Orioles signing somebody like that. It's it's the Giants and the Cubs like it's been since the beginning. And more teams will emerge. You'll hear rumors like, oh, Seattle. Seattle wants Carlos Gray. You'll hear rumors, and maybe it comes to fruition. But you'll be I – think, I think sometimes – People are surprised by the end how many teams are actually willing to step up and pay somebody that amount of money. Like they need to be so sure about a player like that. And that's where the Twins have this unique advantage, I think, where they are sure because they've seen him. They've seen him in their facility. They've seen him in their clubhouse. They've seen him in the dugout. They've seen him with the young guys. They've seen him in the front office. They've seen him in their organization. And that's why they can be sure about him. And that's why I think they are sure about him because they've seen him operate. They know how he plays. They know how he carries himself. They know how he leads. They know how he is as a person and as a player, which gives them, it has to give them advantage. And he's coming out of a year where he just played for the twins. And I think there has to be an advantage there. I still put it at 13% because all it takes, it's so simple. All it takes, New York Giants and Carlos Correa have agreed on a 10-year, $300 million deal. I would say, okay, I wouldn't be surprised at all. I'd be, okay. Like that's, yeah, that's, that's it, right? That's all it takes. It takes one team, one dollar figure, one signing, one pen to paper. That's all it's going to take here. Let me know what you think in the comments. As always, I want to thank you for making Lockdown Twins your first listen today. For your second listen, check out Lockdown Sports today. From the games that matter the most to the biggest stories in sports, go beyond the scoreboard and behind the scenes with local experts and insights only Lockdown can provide. Locked on Sports Today available on this app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcasts. Much more coming the rest of this week. The non-tender deadline is Friday. We're going to have a big-time episode Friday. The Twins make some decisions in the tender sphere. Thanks so much for listening. Have a great day. And as always, go Twins.